Praise the Lord. God is good. Don't ever forget that. God is good. And He's reigning over your lives. Man, I'm so glad you tuned in with us tonight for a worship service. It's the smartest thing you can do. It's to come in here and to make your house, to make your vehicle a sanctuary there. And just begin to worship Him and praise Him. I just pray that all these messages you're hearing, all the things that are coming over live stream, the plan you're reading, that you're just seeing God more and more and more moving in your life. That all your fears and doubts are being expelled and faith is rising in your heart. Because that's what's going to get you through all these days. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love those honks. That lets me know y'all are out there. So praise the Lord. In case this may be the first time you've ever tuned in on our live feed, well, you know, we're here in the church, and, and uh, there's just a few of us doing praise and worship, but then uh, there's people all out in the parking lot, and they're coming, and, you know, we're typical rednecks. We like to honk our horn, and so, you know, we go out there and get to honk our horn for the amens and the praise the Lord's and agreement, and, and it helps me because this is a difficult time, man. I'm preaching to an empty church. I'm looking out here at all the seats. I'm trying to imagine and visualize all of y'all's faces out here. And, you know, it really lets me know that, that God has called me to pastor you because I really miss y'all. Laura and I just miss y'all. We miss seeing your faces, miss getting to shake your hands, miss getting to hug your necks. And so we, uh, you know, I, I know this day will come to an end and we'll be back in service and the church will be back full. But you know, we'll probably continue the live stream going on anyways. For those of you that aren't local, that are tuning in, um, you know, we're going to probably continue on to do a live stream. But right now, I sure do just wish I could just see y'all's faces. But praise the Lord, we'll get there. We'll get there. So a couple of things I want to share with you tonight before I get into preaching the message is I forgot to announce on Sunday that about the plan this week. You know, it's all kind of hit me. I'm having to do announcements. I'm having to do everything, and we're trying to figure all this stuff out. And so I, I messed up, messed up. And uh, so the plan is 2 Peter chapter 1. If you didn't get that off the, the app or, or the, or the uh, Waterhole uh, website, uh, it's 2 Peter chapter 1. That's the chapter we're we reading this week and looking at. And uh, I came up with kind of a crazy idea today, and I wanted to just run it out past y'all, and we'll see how it works. But, you know, through this time, there's been so many of you that have sent me text and emails and uh, encouraging uh, little, just any little thing. It just lets me know that you're still out there and I'm still hearing from you. And so I got this idea. I looked on my phone today and uh, there's an emoji that is a handshake. You know, it's a handshake shaking. And so I thought, well, man, we could go out there because... In church, y'all all have certain people that you see every week, and you shake their hand, and you, you know, talk to them a little bit, you know, and they, they may not be your best friends in the world that you visit with, you know, every day, but you do see them in church, and you give them a handshake, and you greet them. Well, for those people around you that you know, why don't you take and just start sending people a little emoji handshake and let them know that you're still thinking about them, still caring for them? that they are still a part of the church. You know, I don't want to go through, you know, I don't know how much longer we're going to be in this, but I don't want to go through 
multiple, multiple weeks, and then we have to start church back over again and have to, you know, reestablish relationships. So I just encourage you, reach out to the, your friends, send them a little, you know, encouraging words, send them a little emoji handshake, let them know that you care about them, you're praying for them, you're thinking about them, and, and you know, and keep our friendships going. So the other thing is, is that, you know, a lot of y'all out there watching by video and watching on YouTube, you get to, you know, you get to chime in, send little notes in. I love those too, because then we can read those and see what's going in. So I, you know, I just encourage that because that lets me know that, you know, I'm, I'm just not preaching to dead air. I mean, it's really hard. Y'all got to understand how hard it is for me to stand up here and preach to this camera. And so, you know, I need all the encouragement I can get right now. Another thing I want to remind you about is our communion service. Now, that's not this coming Sunday. It'll be next Sunday. Now, I've never done anything like this, and so we're always going to pray that it'll all work right. But uh, on April the 12th, you know, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday morning, uh, I want us to all have communion together. And so the only way I can come up to make this work out is at the end of the service, we'll have communion, and if you're in your home, then you're going to have to prepare your own uh, bread and, and juice. And so you can, you can, I see I already, got a, I already got a thumbs up here. I like that. Praise God. Somebody sent me a thumbs up already, so I know you're listening. Praise God. But uh, you, you can prepare your own uh, uh, sacraments there. Now, listen, I'm not going to get real religious in times like this. You know, you, whatever bread you choose, whatever drink you choose, you know, that's fine with me. I've heard testimonies and miracles about people using uh, malaria pills and water. So, you know, I mean, we can do better than that. And for those of you that come to the parking lot that Resurrection Sunday, I haven't got it all exactly figured out, but we are going to have communion here for you. We've ordered the little cups that already have the juice in it and its own wafer. We're going to uh, only have one person that, that, that packages all of that. We're going to make sure that they're wearing gloves and all of that kind of stuff because we don't want to pass any virus around to anybody. And so then we're going to hand those packages to you, however many we'll put them in, two to a package, and then we can give them to you all out in the car. And then at the end of service, somehow I'm going to work the whole service out to where we will all be taking communion together. And I'm believing for a powerful communion service. I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing for God to just do miraculous things during that time. So, so get prepared for that. Amen. Whatever you need, whatever you need to get prepared, just uh, uh, get that ready because we'll be doing that. Not this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday's Palm Sunday. It'll be the next Sunday, April 12th. Uh, the other thing is this. Okay, so today is the 1st of April, so it's a new month, and I have a new confession card going out. And so we're going to mail them to you. So you'll be getting it in the mail. Uh, we're mailing those out quickly and uh, get those out there. But I want to share it with you tonight. I just love how the Holy Ghost works things out because, you know, I, I, I wrote these confessions up and uh, then I just kind of randomly put them in order and I thought, how appropriate is God to have this for the confession for this month? And this is what it says. Jesus lives in me, therefore I can walk through every problem in life and not be hurt. My health, happiness, and financial prosperity is secured in the palm of my Father's hand. When I fall, His angels lift me up. When I'm sick, He heals me. When I'm discouraged, His word is there for me. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, not death and destruction. So I will shout 
and rejoice my way through life. Amen? That's going to be the confession for this month. So we'll be mailing that out to you uh, and getting those. So make sure you get that. Uh, we'll probably post them on the, 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 the phone app and the uh, website so you can pick them up there also. So I want to share a word with you tonight. And uh, some of you may have heard this word before. It's not something that's brand new that I'm, that I'm, I'm uh, uh, the Holy Ghost has reminded me of this this morning. I was reading in my Bible and praying and asking him what he wanted to share tonight. And, and, and this came into my heart and it's, it's a message. Uh, if you've heard it before, listen again, because uh, I really believe God's profoundly trying to say something to us at this time. If it's brand new for you, well, then praise God, get your notes out, write it all down, write it all up, and, and keep studying it. But I want you to get your Bibles out tonight and go to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And so I'm going to read it here. <clears throat> it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and they were thronging against him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. That's a long time, 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched me? Or who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, you see all the, multi the multitude, they're thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your faith. Look what that says. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Okay, so here's a story, you know, I, I'm sure you know it. I'm sure you've heard it before. Of this woman who had this sickness, and she'd been sick for 12 years. She's been so sick for 12 years, now everybody knows she's sick. Everybody around her knows she's sick. She's probably getting the name. She's the sick woman. Oh, there goes the woman. Yeah, she's the sick woman over there. And, and, and it says that she spent everything she had, so she must have had something. You know, if she'd have just been totally poverty-stricken when this happened. She wouldn't have anything to spend. So she must have had something of substance 
that she spent everything trying to get physicians to heal her and says she didn't get any better, but she got worse. Now, nobody wants to go to the doctor and get worse. Everybody wants to go to the doctor and expects to get better, but this woman got worse. And so then it says she heard about Jesus. You know, there's so much going on right now in the world. And if you sit and you look at your phone and you go through all the the, 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 the headlines and read articles and stuff about everything going on with the, the coronavirus and everything taking place out there. So many people are losing their jobs and this and that and the other. Fear will fill your heart. There won't be any place for faith. If you listen to that and just go over it. I, I told my wife driving into church, it's so beautiful right now. I had such a beautiful day and the grass is greening and the, you know, you, you, you drive by the cows and the horses and the sheep and everything and everybody's like got a smile on their face. You know, it's like winter's over. We're eating green grass. Things are good. You know, things are looking good. It's just a beautiful day. If there wasn't all this oak pollen in the air, but anyway. So <clears throat> I said to her, do you realize if we didn't have a newspaper or an internet that we wouldn't know anything in the world is going wrong right here in the middle of utopia. We would just be living our lives. We'd just be driving down the road. We'd be looking at how pretty it is. We'd be talking about going, you know, doing our work and getting things done. That We, we wouldn't be plagued with all of this. But when you read, look at the news and, and, and you, you listen to it and your, you know, your radio and television and all the, the sources that are coming into us, it's just doubt, 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 doubt. And so... You know, I, I, I've learned right now, even myself, I've quit, I've quit reading everything. I may look at some things, make sure I'm up on updates and this and that and the other, but man, I don't want to listen to that because what it's doing is it's stealing my faith because doctors are telling us all these bad reports and, and, and you look at it and it just puts you in, in the wrong frame of mind, in the wrong mood. So here's this woman, put yourself in her place. This is what's happened to her. Doctors after doctors she's going to, she's spending everything. She has nothing. Everything is bad. But then she hears about Jesus. And folks, listen to me. Right now, people need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about a miracle-working son of God. Amen. They need to hear about a healer. They need to hear about Resurrection Sunday. They need to hear about Jesus, the man that the grave couldn't hold him bound. They need to get their faith being filled. And hearing good things. So this woman, she, she's unclean because of her sickness. She's not supposed to be in a crowd. Hey, does that sound familiar today? You're not supposed to be in a crowd. Keep your distance. Got to be six foot away, you know, everywhere you go. So, so she couldn't be in a crowd. So she snuck into this crowd. She probably had to maybe disguise herself because people knew who she was. She was the sick woman. And she goes through the crowd, she works her way through, and she, it says here that she's only looking to do one thing, touch the hem of Jesus' garment. That's all she's wanting to do. She's not going to bother him by talking. She's not going to be like Jairus and go down there and say, you know, I'm a, I'm a nobleman and, and my daughter is sick at home. Come into the house and pray for her. She's not asking nobody to lay hands on her. She's not asking Jesus to speak a word over her. She's not asking for anything but to crawl through the crowd and touch this tassel hanging from Jesus's garment. That's all she's looking to do. And the moment she does it, the moment she touches it, power explodes out of Jesus 
and heals her. Now, there was the disciples themselves said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Because there's people all around Jesus. People are, is, are being touched by him. People are brushing up against him. You know, you can just imagine what it would have been like. Jesus walking down through the street, and there's just a, like a mob around him. And, you know, you know how hard that is to walk through a department store or whatever, you know, <laughs> prior to the coronavirus, you know. And people get around you, and you're all, you're all shoved in there. That's what's happening to, to, to Jesus. But yet this one woman touches him, and faith jumps off out of Jesus, I mean, power jumps out of Jesus and heals her, and everybody else that was touching him didn't get a thing. They weren't receiving anything. They didn't get any power. They didn't get any word. They didn't get anything. And the reason why is because they were not in the position of faith. This woman was seeking Jesus out. Now, I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, Old Testament, Numbers chapter 15. Numbers 15, verse 37. Now, there's something interesting here. Because we don't know a lot about this woman. We don't, don't know what took place in her life. We don't, you know, there's, there's not much ever the reference than this, this story in the Gospels. But somebody, somewhere, maybe it was a Sunday school class. Maybe it was her parents. Maybe it was her grandparents. Somebody sowed some word into her. Now, you got to understand, she didn't have a New Testament. She only had an Old Testament. But somebody sowed some word in her because she knew there was a promise in that tassel hanging from Jesus. And it's right here in Numbers 15, 37. I want to read it to you. It says, again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make a tassel on the corner of their garments throughout their generations, and to put a blue thread in the tassel of the corners. And you shall have the tassels that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, that you may follow, that you may not follow the harlotry in which your own heart or your own eyes have inclined, that you may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy for, the, for your God. Be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So God said, and all the, the garments put a blue thread in the tassel, and let everyone that looks at that blue thread remember my words and my promises to you. Remember my commandments to you. Remember that I am your God. I am the God that, that, that brought you out of Egypt and none of the plagues touched you. I'm the God that you put the blood over the doorpost of your house and the death angel did not come in. I'm the God who said, I am the Lord God who heals you. Who? He said, I am your God. I am El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. I am Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for everything. I'm God. And he says it's all wrapped up in the commandment of this blue tassel, wrapped up, or this blue thread wrapped up in this tassel on the garment of the priest. Now, I looked this up today, and I I don't even, I, I really can't even attempt to pronounce the words of what it was called. But it says that there was, in ancient times, the talet, which is the tassel, would have two kinds of threads attached to the corners. 
white wool or whatever the garment was made of, and the blue wool, the blue thread. This blue, blue wool known as the, man, I want to take a shot at it, but it's like tick, tickelet was the hallmark of, listen to this, it was the hallmark of nobility and in the line with the talent's purpose was reminding the Jew that he was a member of God's kingdom of priests. That blue thread to all the Jewish people represented that they were a part of nobility. Listen to me, I pray in these times that you have not forgot that you were sons of God that you are born again, that you are washed in the blood of Jesus, that you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness over into the kingdom of the son of his love, the kingdom of God. You're no longer, whoo, come on now. You are no longer aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You're no longer set aside and pushed out. You're no longer over in the, the land of Egypt, but you've been taken into the promised land. You've been taken into the promised land. You're sons and daughters of God. That's the nobility that you are born again and you are sons of God. Now, wait a minute. If you're a son of God, the Bible says, Romans 8, that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You have been blessed, according to Ephesians 1 and 3, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That you have a nobility and you have a, a kingship as a son of God to walk in. Now, this woman, I don't know how she knew it, but somebody had to tell her. Like I said, her parents, her grandparents, she learned it in Sunday school, she learned it in church. However she learned it, she learned what that thread represented. So now think about the mindset of this woman. She's crawling through this crowd. All she's trying to do is grab hold of who God said she is. And the moment she did it, Oh, man, the power came out of Jesus, hit her, and totally healed her body. Think about that. Totally and completely healed her because she grabbed hold of the Word of God. Wow. I mean, to me, that blows my mind. It shows forth so much. It shows forth so much that that. If we today will grab hold of what the promises are to us, and listen, this is an Old Testament promises. This is Numbers 15. This is Old Testament. New Testament, Jesus said, man, we have, we have better promises built on better things. Whoo, man, that was Old Testament. We got better stuff than what she's got. Amen. Give me a honk for that one. I'm telling you, we got better promises than the Old Testament promises. And if this woman could get healed by grabbing hold of the word of God, well, then you cannot tell me that today you can't walk in healing by grabbing hold and having a revelation of the word of God. But most of us sit around and we don't act on it. This woman acted on it. She crawled through a crowd of people knowing that she could have been stoned for being in the middle of everybody, knowing that all she had to do is just touch that tassel. And folks, it's time for us to rise up and begin to be like, like that woman and go and, to, and to, to seek out God and seek out his word in such a way that we are going to grab hold of it till the power of God comes into our lives. Amen. 
So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, let me give you this one. 1 Peter 2, 4. It says, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it also is contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he's precious. You hear what he says? Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. See, I, I count Jesus the most precious thing in my life. Knowing Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus, knowing what he's done for me, knowing how much he loves us, that is the most precious thing in life. It's more precious than anything silver and gold could buy you. Amen? So he says, it's a precious thing. To you who believe, he's precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you, but you, he's talking to you out there, but you are a chosen generation. Now I want to stop right there for just a second. Acts 27 says that each and every one of us was born in the time that we're in because God knew at that time was the best time for us to be saved. So you weren't born in the 1800s. I know a lot of y'all say, oh, I wish I was born at this time. I wish I was born at that time. But listen, you were born now because God knew that this was the best time and place for you to be born to come to know him. So I want you to understand something. Everything going on in the world today is not a surprise to God. He is not wringing his hands. He's not running around up at the, at the, at the throne, him and Jesus trying to figure out what's going on. He is not in dismay. There is a plan. There is an answer. Everything is there. But listen to me. You were a chosen generation. You were chosen to walk through this time. Hear me now. You were chosen to walk through this time. So it's time for us to rise up and say, this is where I'm at. Quit saying, why is this happening? I wish I wasn't doing this. You know, I don't, I, this is whatever. I shouldn't be. You know, I, this is hard. I don't want to do this. No, no, no. It's time to rise up as Christians and say, no, wait a minute. We are a chosen generation. We are the Christians born at this time, saved at this time, so that we can have a word for this time. That means your neighbor's got to hear what you've got to say. That means those around you have got to hear what you have to say. I talked to a person today, and they were discouraged. It's not somebody that, 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 that comes to church here. Uh, it's just, a, just somebody I, I met out in the world. And I was talking to them, and they were discouraged. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, look, man, I, I, I mean, you, you know, that's not what the Word says. I said, the Word said we're not going down. We're going up. Bless God, we're going to get stronger. Everything's going to be okay. And, and I could see that they had resistance to the Word because it's like, I don't know if I can believe that or not. But I'm like, well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm called and I'm chosen this time. I have never pastored through a pandemic. I've never had even thought about that word, but I want to tell you what, I want to be the best pandemic pastoring pastor I can be. 
I tell y'all what, you know, I'm, I'm nuts. Y'all know I am. I'm believing God for resurrection Sunday. Everybody takes communion and the, and the coronavirus is destroyed. I'm believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm not going to sit here and just say, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. No, we're going up. We're going to get stronger. We're going to be more effective. We're going to touch people more. God is about to take you and change you because you're a chosen generation. You're called into this place. He's going to birth something in you and, and, and that it will explode into the world that will touch all your neighbors around you because you're going to be the one standing with a good word. Amen. Amen. So he says you're a chosen generation. Listen, a royal, uh uh-oh, there's that word again. It said that was a royal blue thread that was royal, represented royalty, nobility. You're a royal priesthood. You're a special priesthood. Listen to me, you got blue threads hanging all over you. You got blue threads for people to touch all over you because you're a son of God. You're born again. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. Whoo, yeah, come on now. A holy nation, a holy nation. In other words, a group of people that gathers that's so big, you got to be called a nation. You know, you can be a nation in a nation. And right now God's calling us to be a nation of holy priests in the middle of this land that we're in and to be able to have a good word for people. And you know, I'm going to go out swinging Declaring always that God is good, that he has good things for us. He has blessings upon us. I am not going to sit back at this time just to see what happens. I am going to declare God's word. I am going to speak forth his word. I'm going to tell you that that good things are there. I am going to be positive. I am going to be full of faith. I'm going to be declaring miracles. And I'll just tell you what, I just believe sometimes God just has to take care of crazy people like us because he said, man, we got to do something about Robert because look what he's doing. We're going to believe that. And I just believe that for every one of you at Living Waters Church, every one of you out there listening, that God is looking at you the same way. Amen. Now, the second part, or third or fourth part here, his own special people. Look at the person beside you around there and say, man, I'm special. You may think, yeah, yeah. He's going to say, yeah, don't, don't say you're special. Look at your and say, I'm special. Tell that person beside you, I'm special. I'm special. I'm uniquely designed for a purpose that only I can fulfill. Whoo. Listen to me, church. Everyone out there listening, listen to me. You're a special person. You're in the kingdom of God and you're a special person. I've told you this before. The book of Acts is not been completed. It is still being written. I'm telling you, if you want to be written in there, grab hold of what I'm saying to you tonight. You are a special person. God has anointed you. He's blessed you. He's blessed you to minister to your neighbors. He's blessed you to have a good word to everybody around you. He's blessed you to have a word to declare to all your co-workers. He's blessed you to be a sign and a wonder that you're going to prosper in the midst of chaos. I'm telling you. Look what it says here that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Folks, because I want to tell you something. Whoo, yes. Once you've been called out of darkness, once you've gotten saved, once Jesus is the Lord of your life and you've gotten saved and you know that you're no longer in darkness, but you're now in light, you know that you have been changed. 
When, you, when, when people look at you and say, man, I can't believe that you know, you're, you're like you are now. Well, let me tell you something. You are the person that is called to proclaim the praises that you once were in darkness, but now you're in light. You're that special person. <sighs> yeah. You weren't, weren't a people, it says, but now you're the people of God. Listen to me, church. Everyone listening, listen. You are God's people. He's got hold of you. John 10, 29, you're in the palm of the Father's hand and then nothing's going to take you out. Nothing's going to take you out. Don't sit around here and listen to the statistics. Don't listen to the doubt and unbelief. Grab a hold of it and say, I am a child of God. I am born again. I am in the palm of my Father's hand and ain't nothing taking me out. Listen to the look at the last part of this verse. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Mercy. I know we're all made out of dirt. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. But you have got to understand, God has given you grace and mercy. He's following you with grace and mercy all the time. The blood of Jesus is so powerful that it overrides anything, anything at all of the mistakes you make in this world. Quit letting the enemy beat you up. Quit letting the enemy tell you that you have nothing to offer. Listen, if you didn't have something to offer, he wouldn't be telling you you don't have anything to offer. The only reason why he's talking to you like that is because he doesn't want you to be like the woman crawling through the crowd to get to Jesus to grab hold of the promises of the Word of God. And I want you to know, if you're out there listening tonight and, and you're struggling with your salvation, you're struggling with your salvation. You're not sure if you're saved or not. Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you'd confess with your mouth and you would believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on a cross for you and that he was raised on the third day, that you would be saved. You see, it's about the faith in your heart and the crying out to God, the longing in your heart that gets you to the place where you cry out to God and you find your salvation. Jesus has already paid the price for each and every one of us. He already went to the cross for us. That's what we're coming up and celebrating these next few weeks. He's already paid the price. He did that 2,000 years ago. He paid the price. All we have to do is grab hold of the promises now and walk in them. And walk in them. I'm surprised at how many people so quickly, uh, so quickly begin to think God's behind everything in this sickness and this destruction. When all I see is God wanting people to grab hold of him, grab hold of the mercy seat and the healing and the love of God coming out to humanity and change this world with his love and with his power. Amen. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you're not right with God, then get right with him. Don't waste another moment. Right there, wherever you are, just begin to, to, to pray and say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And boom, he will right there instantly. 
He'll save you. And then you're right with him. And then everything I shared about you tonight is yours. For those of us Christians that you've been letting the enemy dog you and, and, and talk to you and, and, and steal from you and, and, and take what, and he's stealing what's yours because you didn't realize and you're not walking as, you know, a chosen generation, the holy priesthood, the, the, his, his chosen people, his special people. You've let the devil talk you out of that. I just want to pray for you tonight. And I want to, to believe that this message, that everything that's gone on tonight through the praise and the worship and, and the message that you will be changed and transformed to be that holy nation of priests of God. So join me right now in your heart, and let me just pray for you. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just believe with every person connecting to this message tonight. I believe for the power of God to come into the life, wherever lie the enemy is placed in them, that they're not special, that they're not chosen, they're not the generation that's been chosen to, to, to walk through this time. That, Lord, that you would begin to dispel that. You'd break those chains off of them. You'd break those yokes off of them. That, Lord, they would grab hold of the word of God and rise up, just like that woman did. Take your promises in their hands and begin to proclaim it to all of those around them. That God is with us and that God is good and that God is healing and God is love. Lord, I break every doubt and unbelief in their hearts tonight. I declare that this is a faith-filled message and every word that they hear is going to change them, that they get their confession right, they begin to speak it out of their mouths, they begin to declare it, Lord, in their homes, and their homes, their vehicles becomes a sanctuary, Lord, of your presence. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it, Lord, for your goodness. I praise you for everything you're doing, for your, your, your protection over our lives. And Lord, I just thank you that we're going to walk through these days that we have been chosen to walk through as bright and shining lights because you delivered us out of darkness and now we're children of light. And that's what we're going to do, Lord. So bless them, put your hand upon them, and God just bring us back again for another great message on Sunday so we can join our brothers and sisters all over the world and rejoice and shout with you. God bless you, church. I'm so glad you tuned in tonight. Be blessed. Know God's with you. And I'll catch you again Sunday. Amen.